I'm Dean Jackson. He's Joe Polish. And this is the I Love Marketing Podcast. episode, you'll discover the process for innovating new ideas and value, how artificial intelligence is cutting driving and commute times by 50% and transforming the way people drive, and what you can learn by thinking different with Genius Network member Reggie Chandra. If you'd like access to the full feature video presentation, the show notes, and the special resources for this episode, please visit ilovemarketing.com forward slash greenlight. That's ilovemarketing.com forward slash G-R-E-E-N. L-I-G-H-T. This is going to be a really interesting interview. This is probably one of the more different topics that I've ever done an interview on, but I think it's, it's great what you're up to for just the entrepreneurial venture and what you're actually doing throughout the United States and you know, hopefully the world. And I'm going to read a real quick bio so people that don't know who you are. Uh, his nickname is Greenlight Jesus. Uh, that'll make sense in just a moment. Okay, Reggie Chandra, PhD, PE, is the CEO and lead traffic engineer at Rhythm Engineering, the innovative leader of real-time traffic signal optimization technology. Rhythm Engineering empowers communities to save lives, save time and money, and save the environment through innovative, affordable traffic solution. Rhythm's award-winning flagship product, InSync, is a real-time adaptive traffic control system that enables traffic signals to immediately adapt to traffic demand. Chandra holds a bachelor's degree in civil engineering and a master's degree in traffic engineering from the University of Florida and was a traffic engineer in the public sector for 11 years prior to founding Rhythm Engineering. So aside from the fact that you just got back from Burning Man, what do we need to uh, know about you and kind of what you do and how you do it? That's a good question. So we talked a lot about engineering, so there are other... Um, I, I would consider myself a dreamer more than anything else. So uh, dreamers often are unpredictable. Yeah. Uh, they float around. Uh, yeah. So one would think that from all the stuff you read, I'm a left brain, uh, you know, <laughs> go straight to the fact engineer. Uh, that's not the case. Yeah, well, okay, so you're, you're, an, you're, you're an inventor. You actually make things. And you have uh, one of the questions here is, you know, what does the process look like for you? Because you basically invent stuff. And then, so what is that, what do you invent? And how do you go about it? And then we'll talk uh, about what you have done and what you're doing, because it's, it's pretty fascinating. Very glad to talk about it, because I'm still figuring out how all these things work. So ever since when I was a kid, I would get into trouble for daydreaming. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I would go off in places, think about, if we could do this, how would life be for everybody around us? Right. Um, and even for uh, me at that point as well. So uh, my process of invention is simply listening. So let's say I hold five patents in uh, traffic engineering, then I stop patenting stuff because people, it's a, <laughs> a surefire prescription for people stealing your ideas and go on calling it their own. And right. I, I don't want to spend my life in um, losses. So I just keep on inventing to the next level. So the process of invention for me is that I... I go away and I ponder about things. I, mm. uh, let's say, uh, I want to make um, a, 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 a robot 
that synchronizes traffic lights. You know, automatically you plug it in, you know, you get green light after green light. Or I want to build a business system that is going to take any, any, any company and that's going to, um, you know, expand or self-multiply that company. So mm-hmm. I go and I, I start thinking about it. I give myself to that problem. Uh, then I listen, I look, and I, I, I try to hear. Because I believe, in my worldview, I believe all the answers are there. They're out there. There is nothing new. You don't invent anything. You discover things. Gotcha. Like Isaac Newton, the apple falls on his head. And he's like, oh, my God, there is gravity. So gravity existed before Newton. Newton just thought through, heard, saw, and figured out there is a law of gravity. And for me, the way some of my inventions come is that I, because I believe in a supreme being, um, mm-hmm. we can call God, universe, whatever you want. So, and the supreme, my worldview is that this supreme being wants us to have the best life that we can have. And people that are crazy, dreamers like me, I tap into and I hear all my algorithms. Some of them are very complicated algorithms. They just kind of download uh, into my mind. So I get it. It's not... And I look around and say, oh, my God, where did that come from? Because it never existed before. And I believe that this, uh, this tapping into this voice, this phenomenon, and downloading that for the betterment of the people. Because everything that I've invented, I've tried building businesses that really didn't add value but would have made money. They all flunked. But hmm. every time I listen and I saw, okay, this is going to create value, and I would get this download. I, there are distinct moments in time. Like I was standing in a... Uh, apartment uh, out on the balcony in Costa Rica looking at the green mountains and seven minute of pure download. Seven minute pure. I don't know where it came from. Well, my worldview now, I I believe it came from God. And it was a pattern, a blueprint for a project that we've been working on three years. They're launching it this December Hmm. uh, 2016. So so that's my process of invention. I wish I could you know, well, for this. No, no, here's what I'd like to say for people that are saying, okay, well, I don't get downloads. I don't know what he's talking about. How do you tap into something like that? Uh, you know, it, it sounds like an interesting concept. Some people will totally relate to it, and others might, well, how do you do that? I mean, how do you tap into that? So do you have any suggestions? Uh, absolutely. I mean, read upon, um, so in my, in my, in my, again, worldview, the greatest inventor of our times or ever has been is Nikola Tesla. Tesla would go into the forest and he in his mind would get the picture of the motor running Mm -hmm. and he could picture and he could see, he could feel the carbon brushes even wearing out as the motor ran. So I believe that's the way. And, you know, you talk about um, Steve Jobs. Um, It's it's, it's all happens in the mind. I mean, Steve was, uh, he talks about a trip to India where from there, he, he, his mind completely changed, and mm-hmm. then he came back a completely different man. So I believe it's tapping into something that is greater than ourselves is where it comes from. And it doesn't matter. I mean, law of gravity exists. Yeah. Uh, I, I can stand up here and say, hey, I don't believe in law of gravity and just jump off the window here, and then I'll, sure enough, you, you, I'll find out that it's an immutable law. It exists. So now my inventions are coming faster because I know this. I pull myself away. And I spend time away from people in solitude and meditating, maybe thinking, pondering about a problem. And sure enough, these pieces come, come from me. I'm, wow. I'm talking about heavy mathematical formulas. I'm not talking about, okay, let's build this nice picture. I'm, I'm talking about AI robotics that are run by um, algorithms. So, and, and I'm not trying to make it into a 
Yeah, yeah. So you're not trying to overly complicate it. Well, let, let's explain what it is. So, to like, explain what you know, because I have a whole list of questions here. We're not going to go through all of them, of course. But I, you know, the first one is, what's the mission and vision of your company, Rhythm Engineering, and how did you go from a public traffic engineer to founding this company? Like, so what? What is this company? What's the vision? And what do you actually do? So the people out there, like, okay, what does he do? Yeah. So all of us have a purpose in life, and part my my one of my purposes is to make people's commute through traffic signals um, safer and faster. So um, in 1993, I started uh, synchronizing traffic signals manually. 1995, I started asking, why is the technology so behind times? Surely, um, in this day and age, we can have better systems. And still, the industry was not going anywhere. Well, and and I would, uh, let me stop just real quick and say, I, I, I would bet that right now, anyone listening or watching this, this may be the first time they've actually even thought about this because they're so accustomed to you know you pull up to a traffic light, it's just doing right. its thing, and it's not going. You know, people would be like, oh, you know, they get pissed that they're waiting for a traffic light or whatever. But for the most part, I'm sure people haven't really thought that deeply about you know how to improve it. I mean, certainly yes. some people have, but you're one of those people. This is your life. This is what this, you think about. This is this is what I think about. Um, so. There are hundreds of millions of dollars spent in trying to figure out models to optimize traffic lights. So it's a, it's a discipline in engineering, uh, very focused on traffic signal optimization. There are about 330,000 traffic signals in the United States and it impacts everyone without wow. fail. If you're a driver, uh, even if you commute by a transit um, um, other than railroad, you are impacted by traffic signals. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, hundreds of millions of dollars has been spent in trying to f- solve this and no one has solved it to date. Other than us, okay. So, so what have you solved? So, what have you the mission. Out? But going back to the mission, mission <laughs> is very simple: to bring loved ones to their destination safer and faster. Mm-hmm. I cannot uh, be more succinct and say what I do. So, and the and the vision of the company is to be the apple um, of the traffic industry. Gotcha. So, uh, when we get there, I mean, it's uh, it's what draws us: innovation, uh, elegance, um, you know, beauty. Um, and so, anyhow, so that, that's the vision. So how we accomplish that? The prior art of existing technology goes on what is called deterministic models or formulas that try to measure delay. I don't want to get too complicated with it, but basically there are assumptions that are incorrect. Uh, you cannot model. Traffic uh, flow or arrival at intersection, if you think about it, it's all based on human emotions. So you decide you want to go to uh, the mall here. Right. So... Your, the trip is generated because of your you decide. desire to go to the mall. Yeah. yeah. So you're a, it's a random phenomenon. So all arrivals are random. It's called we call it stochastic. It's it's purely okay. random. There is nothing predictive about it. So historically, what they have done is they attempted to create formulas, making random uh, 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 into a steady state model. What I mean by that is that it's a uh, too, too too much. Uh, uh, they, they try to model that somehow okay. with uh, imperfect um, assumptions. Yep. Uh, what I did was throw all that away. We started from scratch. So you've seen these cops manage traffic signals, especially when there is a ball game. Right. The, the police officers take over and they, and they let the, the lights green, so traffic flows, right? Yep. So what I did was, assuming a, a logical person is standing at each traffic light, so they have to follow a pattern in order to make traffic grow. Like, for instance, if a left-turn lane has too much traffic, 
you know, a, a normal person would say, okay, I need to clear that left turn uh, traffic. So what I did was I took the brain of a normal logic, not, not no traffic engineer, just a regular person, and I created a rule-based artificial intelligence. So I took the rules that this human would do, and I put them in a hierarchy into a computer. And so now you got a computer that actually thinks more effectively than these, for lack of a better word, these dumb, archaic uh, you know, computers that yes. are running the current traffic system. Yeah, the, 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 uh, the current technology is about 50 years behind times. Wow. So mine is basically a robot. It, it has a camera, so which is the eye of the robot uh-huh. that looks at an approach. You know, sees the line of cars standing there, mm-hmm. and uh, it knows that how long the queue is. And it's monitoring every second. The queue doesn't get dissipated. It gets more weight. So basically, that's, that's the eye of the robot. And there's a brain as a simple computer that's sitting inside a traffic cabinet that is running these rules. So how many of these are out there now? Uh, I've got about 2,500 of these out there. I impact every day, even when I sleep or take vacation, about <laughs> 6 million people in a positive way. Wow. The results are stunning. I mean, I'm a small company. I mean, I'm a, I don't have investors. I'm a one-man show. Started in my garage in Kansas. Uh, well, you're not the only one doing it, meaning you got a company, but... Uh, yeah, I have a company. Yeah, yeah of yeah, course. Yeah. When I said start it. Yeah. So uh, I just want people to get a context. No, you have a very successful company. You're just not a gigantic... Uh, yes. So what I did is that the company grew. I shared the vision so people own the vision. Um, you know, it's, it's a sexy vision. We, we saved 30% of the crashes that happen at intersections. So in, in a nutshell, the, the end result of what you're doing is not just more efficiency but you're actually saving lives. Absolutely, that's the bottom line right now. Because so how I, many, I mean, how do you, how can you track? I mean, what are the estimates of what your process put in place? How does it save, like what you said 30%? Yeah. Describe that, what yeah. do you mean? So I, I don't do the, any of the studies, before and after studies. I've got about 21 independent validation studies because this is science. By the way, when I said 2,500, that's the largest deployment of automated traffic signals uh, in the United States. Mm. So uh, we're in about 31 states um, and growing um, pretty exponentially. So I've been in Inc. 5,000 for the last four years. Mm -hmm. Um, But so that's all good, but what I'm excited about is the adoption of the technology. So just by simply putting my device at an intersection, you make about one in three crashes go away. Why? Like, what is causing these crashes? That would be very interesting to, to know. Yeah. The crashes cost, uh, are cost not because of sp- excessive speed, but because of disparity of speed or turbulence. So traffic flow is like, a, you know, when you take an artery or an arterial roadway, uh-huh. the traffic flow, it's like the follows the law of fluid dynamics. Where there is more turbulence, you have more issues that are happening. Mm-hmm. So when you take the turbulence away and the flow is smooth, people are, there is no rage. I mean, think about the last time you drove from your home to here. You, you, if you were to stop at every light, by the time you arrive at your destination, you're unhappy, you're upset, you're, you're less than happy self because you think almost the universe is conspiring against you. You know what I'm saying? Right. If you're like stopping every, a- yeah. every light. I mean, even a normal person gets frustrated. But if the flow is smooth, you're not going to speed. You're not going to run the red because people run the red because they think, oh, my God, if I stop here, I'm going to uh, be sitting here for five minutes. Interesting. Interesting. And so you literally just keep the system from getting log jammed, I guess. Yes. I take turbulence away in the commute. So my wow. longest corridor is about six miles with 26 signals that runs across two counties in Georgia. 
who among us have driven through 26 signals without stopping both directions? That's what these guys do. That's what these robots do for a, for a commute. I mean, that's the reason a company from Kansas without investment is scaling and growing because saving lives, and again, all of us are in our entire team, we are about 90 people in our, in our company. Everyone from the person that answers the phone to the person that is doing coding without seeing daylight, the, every, every line of code says, we are doing this because it saves lives. Okay. I mean, so, we're talking about millions and millions of, uh, there are 32,000 people die almost every year uh, in road accidents. Uh, and 40% of that happens at intersections. Okay, wow. So, and the personal injury ac- accidents are uh, multiple millions. I mean, uh, hundreds of millions of yeah. uh, personal injury accidents. They don't get reported. But the fatalities are what everybody knows. So, I mean, like for instance, I hmm. uh, was sitting at a red light and somebody ran into me from, uh, uh, rear-ended me. My neck was hurting for about two weeks and I was wondering whether I could play tennis again. It impacted the quality of my life. Right. And, uh, I mean, so many of us have our loved ones get into a wreck, a needless wreck. And if we can save that, from happening, if we can, uh, through making lights go green. I mean, that, that, that's what... No, it's, 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 very, it's very cool. It's a, it's a huge vision. And uh, so, you know, our friend Dan Sullivan at Strategic Coach, he started calling you Green Light Jesus. Yes, he did. Which, uh, what do you think of that name? I, I think, think the name funny. sticks. And <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not Jesus, but <laughs> we do make the lights go green. Yeah, that, that's great. Oh, and by the way, the travel time, your commute gets cut by 50%. We've seen drop at 60%. 50%. 50%. If it took you 10 minutes, and this is all not my thing. It's all independent valid- validation studies by consulting groups, research organizations, universities. Man, that, I mean, that is a trip. I had no idea. 90% reduction in stops. In other words, if you're stopping 10 times on your commute to work or wherever you're going, Save lives and be more productive. I mean, what, can some, what, what more can someone and ask be for? Happy. Do you have any competitors? Is anyone else doing this? Um, the, the, historically, there have been uh, people doing it. So I call myself, the, the only reason we've grown is that we are the next generation. Mm-hmm. The old architecture is analog. So it, people have, there have been hundreds of millions of dollars spent in trying to solve this problem. But they've not quite been able to um, uh, be as... Um, effective as we have been. Siemens has a product, a company called um, Trafficware has a product, but they've never quite gotten the traction because simply they cannot deliver the results that we can. Now, what you were talking about downloading, do you have some ability to see this or understand it, or is this something you can easily teach others? Because you're now no longer patenting stuff, you're literally giving away the technology? Um, If they can figure it out, they can have it. Okay. Um, so, uh, my greatest invention is getting launched um, this December. I'm very excited about it. So, uh, nine, not by the way, nine... Is that the business instruments? No. No, that's a different one. That's a different one. Wow, you're, you're, you're doing a lot of yeah, cool stuff. That's in the entrepreneurial space. I yeah. want 50% of businesses fail in 12 to 18 months. I want to make a dent in that because I myself would have gone out of business. Um, so, I, I'm building tools for my own survival. Look, look I've never done... I'm a, trained engineer, then I have a PhD in organizational leadership management. I've never done what I'm doing right now. I'm learning as I'm growing. Well, here's the thing that I think would be an interesting thing to talk to you about. And uh, again, we could, we're, we're only going to you know, touch on some of the stuff you're up to because I just wanted to introduce to my listeners kind of who you are and, and how you think about stuff because I think it's just super innovative. 
since your focus is saving lives and in, in, in productivity, you certainly have the ability to translate that into just you know how you operate as a human, how you operate as a business owner, just kind of like what you mentioned. So if you can come into the, the roads that everyone travels down to get to where they're going on purpose or randomly, whatever, and you can get them there in half the time in a safer way, what lessons have you learned from doing that as it applies to running a company, to being a human? I mean, what, what are your thoughts on it? Because you, you, you said you have some solution that you're going to work on, and maybe you can you know, just talk about how to be more, a more effective entrepreneur. That's a strange question. I'm, uh, when I say strange question, I'm internalizing the question. There are so many areas that I'm so inadequate. I am, um, I'm something like a baby's trying to stand well, Okay, up. let's say, yeah, you, in, in the same here. I mean, there are many things that I just absolutely suck at, and there's a few areas that I'm really good at. What, what have you learned from these inventions that you have been able to translate into just running your company? I mean, because you are building and scaling and growing this company exponentially. You're focused on the cutting edge. I mean, there's certainly, I mean, you know, one question I was going to ask you, which I'll just touch on this, is, you know, talk about the differences between selling business to government compared to business to business, because I want to, you know, get some insight on all of these things that you don't know that most people would probably never ask you. And they would say, hey, Reggie, you know, how do you actually do this? So th- that's the, underneath all of this with yes. your cool technology, I'm trying to get to, like, what's your recipes? I mean, um, how do you I, actually make this work? I, I have to tell you, as my entrepreneurial journey, uh, one person that has helped me the most is Dan Sullivan, yeah, strategic coach. Um, uh, but w- without that, so uh, he's helped me move away from my um, everyday working in the company mm-hmm. to working on the company. What, what I mean by that is that a year ago I fired myself. I don't run the company. I just come up with ideas. I come up with strategies. I come up with the vision. I come up with it. And I have uh, uh, one book that would describe, uh, when I've read it, I said, holy crap, somebody's already uh, you know, figured me out. So it's Rocket Fuel by Gino Vickman. Yes, uh, he's also in coach. Yeah, he's yeah. also in coach. So he talks about the visionary and the implementer. So the day I fired myself is the day I found myself at peace. Mm. But I have, still have to have systems that I'm comfortable with and the value and the and the uh, the values that I founded the company with that I need implemented without asking questions or changing exactly how it came to me. You, you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So on the business management side, if I can figure it out, I haven't implemented 100%, but I'm on my journey. Mm. Uh, I've got coaches uh, from uh, Gino's group helping me onboard uh, implementers. Right. Right. That that and I also use a psychometric testing system called Culture Index to find people that are not blown away by uh, the crazy way my mind works. I mean, it is crazy. It's not logic. Ask my wife. She'll tell you. (laughs) There is nothing normal about um, the way my mind works. Right. Um, So people that can take ideas and then implement it. That's one thing. So the business instruments, I found that I was flying my business blind. Truth be told, I think most people wake up every day and they bumble their way through life not just their business, trying to figure out how to do stuff. And, and either you get bloodied a lot or you figure out that I'm going to learn from some other people. I'm going to read their books. I'm going to you know, look at different models. I'm going to have conversations with people that have figured it out. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to learn how to make it work. I mean, one of my favorite quotes that I've said a million times came out of uh, 
Anthony Greenback's uh, the, the book of survival, and I won't say it exactly right, but he says in order to get through an impossible situation, you don't need the mind of an Einstein, the reflexes of a Grand Prix driver, the muscles of a Hercules. You simply need to know what to do, and knowing what to do, like you take your, your you know your traffic signals. You know, if you know what to do, you can make something better. If you if you're bumbling around in a business, you know, figuring out what to do, you make it better. I mean, when you had that insight that I'm going to fire myself. In, and now you're at more peace, your business you're, is growing more, you've been able to let go. I mean, it, it's very hard when someone has no control over something that they try to control it more, and then that process, sometimes it just makes it worse versus sometimes if you can just you know step back and really say, okay, what, what do I actually need to do? And who knows the answer to that? Who, where do I go and get the, the how? You know, and, and so that's sort of how I, how I look at stuff. And, and over the years, you learn. You know, and, so, and, and unfortunately, sometimes the way we learn is we have to fail really hard or we have to make mistakes or, you know, we have some pain and, and then, you know, it'll, it'll open up our eyes. But, uh, you know, prior to us starting uh, to, to do this, um, you know, this interview, uh, you know, we we're talking about energy and whatnot. And, and you certainly are a very reflective human. I mean, you think about things deeply and for what you're doing, I don't want to minimize what it is, you know, this is not about talking about green lights, I mean, or, or yellow lights or traffic signals. I mean, there's something far more at work with what's, what's going on, and you have this unique skill, and part of it is, okay, well, you know, how do I put it out into the world? How do I have the world pay me for this so I can not just make money, but so I can continue to, to exactly. build it? Because you have to have the money in order to make this mission. Exactly. I mean, no, no one's doing this shit for you for free. I mean, you're, you know, you have to have to make it work. So I, I'd, I'd love to get some of, uh, for the people watching this and listening, the vast majority of them are entrepreneurs. They live in, in at, to, to use some Dan Sullivan terminology, the results economy. How they get paid is based on their ability to go out into the world and produce a, a result. And you have figured things out along the way that could probably really shorten the, the learning curve. So for an entrepreneur out there who's this creative, artistic type, they maybe they suck at a lot of things. They don't really kind of know how to get a handle on it. Uh, what sort of advice or suggestions would you offer them that have helped you the most along the way? Um, and you've already talked on about yeah, some of them. So I tend to be value-centric rather than profit-centric. Mm -hmm. So there is a whole list of things that a value-centric company does. And al almost all entre entrepreneurs are value-centric. They've, they've got a thingamajiggy. They've got a process. They want to create value for clients. Mm -hmm. But along the way, um, sometimes it shifted to being profit-centric. And that, I think, is a death of an organization. Um, so, my, my uh, again, the advice, again, I'm, I'm nobody. I mean, like, <laughs> I, I'm still on my journey. I'm, I, I would say I'm about 5% uh, into my journey. Mm -hmm. So, what I've found is that I need actionable information. By the way, that's a term, that's a project Dan and I are working on mm -hmm. uh, in the Game Changer. So, uh, actionable information is that I have, I have two, uh, three CPAs, um, uh, full-time, um, two full-time and one part-time um, and a tax organization. But these are CPAs that give me information because a scaling, fast-scaling company is, is, people think it's it's good, but it's the riskiest thing in the planet. Oh, yeah. Um, so these are people that give me information and then there is a team of about other four accountants that give me instant information. My goal is to not have that, mm. but have produced, I mean, have technology produce this real-time dashboard cockpit for the entrepreneur to fly through. Because if you don't have 
actionable inf information at the moment of inspiration, you are dead in the water. Right. So uh, the, all and you're the, guessing. Yeah. You, you're guessing. So if you have your, uh, your 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 sheet and you move a dial and say, okay, what if I were to hire one salesperson here? What is it going to do to my bottom line, my 13-week cash flow? So unless you can model these things, you can never build a business. Mm. A bu business never is built on an idea. There are systems, there are processes, there are, it's, a, it's a science, basically, um, and it, it's tough. Um, I can read all the books I want. I mean, I'll tell you, there's a, this is, uh, I don't know whether someone said this before or not, but uh, this is from my own experience. You can read all the books, you can take all the courses you want, you can accumulate all the knowledge, but the knowledge does not turn into wisdom without experience. Yes, yes, it's true. I mean, if, if having access to just reading and doing everything yeah. w by itself made people wealthy, you know, uh, reference librarians would be the wealthiest people in the world. Yeah. Or, or, or hang out with people that have the most experience. So mm -hmm. the reason I'm part of your group, Joe, is that I don't have to make those mistakes over and over again. I just find the, the dumbasses that are in your group and say, hey, How's life and learn from the mistakes that? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I was like, no, we always call our genius network members dumbasses. They, they, it's, it's like an endearing sort Gee, of. Yeah, let the cat out of the box. No, no, it's, yeah. it's like code word for behind the scenes at Genius Network. <laughs> I, I, I want to learn not just from the, the, the success stories, I want to learn from the mistakes. Oh, totally. Totally. Well, I mean, look, look, frankly, you, that's where you actually learn the most. And I say that with a caveat, because I'm not one of these people that raises the, you, you know, let's fail and fail fast sort of flag as if it's a badge of honor. I mean, uh, I, I think failing sucks. So if you can avoid failure, let's avoid it. However, don't be afraid of putting yourself out there and getting things done, because the, the fact of the matter is it's, it's, it's not the path to success is not littered with everything being perfect. I mean, usually the course you go down is not the course you end up going down that's going to get you to where you want to go, but it's the starting. You know, nothing happens until you start something. That's right. Yeah. I want to make sure, since I brought it up, obviously in business we have to sell. I mean, we have to go out and persuade and influence people. So we could have the greatest intentions, uh, you know, the, the greatest products and services. However, people need to buy them. People need to, you know, uh, having an entrepreneurial company is solving problems for a profit. So you have to actually sell stuff. So uh, you sell to, uh, you know, government. Okay, and so what, what's the difference between selling business to business compared to selling business to you know, government? Oh, goodness, we can talk about that. So I believe, um, I'm a Peter Drucker fan. Um, mm -hmm. So Drucker said there are two functions to any business. He said a lot more in context to this. Uh, the first one is innovation, and the second is uh, marketing. Yep. And everything else is cost. Yep. Uh, I'm a firm believer in that. Same I, here. I grew the company from 224K annual revenue to 7.3 million in 36 months mm -hmm. with one full-time salesperson and a half-time salesperson. The half-time salesperson is full-time now. Um, he's a regional manager in um, the East Coast. So marketing is key. Right. Um, so the, how you sell to government, uh, there is nothing different. Um, so I sell to engineers who believe that they don't buy on emotion, they buy on logic. Mm -hmm. Hogwash. Exactly. I'm yeah. glad you said that. Yeah. <laughs> a, 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 everyone. So engineers are great at buying using their heart, and then they justify that with their brain. Mm -hmm. So they purchase. So um, the, the marketing blitz just launched the company. This is several years ago. Um, 
then after that, I didn't have much to talk about, so we pulled back on the marketing and then started building relationships out in the field. Mm-hmm. So the only difference, there are a couple of differences in selling to government. The average ticket size is huge. It's about, um, uh, I think two years ago, um, it was, uh, the average ticket size was about 320K. Uh, that's how much they would place an order. Last year, it came down as about 280K, which I like that because you have smaller things that fill the funnel. Um, and they sp- they're spending money that is not theirs. Right. They have to spend the money somewhere or else they lose it. Okay. So the more they spend, the more their budget is going to be. And how effective uh, they are is predicated on how much money they are spending because yes. if it doesn't get used. So the buyer is not really motivated on the actual pain. The pain that I solve is that I save lives. Mm-hmm. But it really doesn't affect the government employee that is buying from us. They're more concerned. I mean, I have found a, a typical person is more interested in making their personal pain, which is a phone call from the citizen go away, complaint call from the citizen go away, or from a council member, a city council member, or upper management go away. Mm-hmm. So they use this as a tool to solve that felt uh, need in their life. The other issue, the long sales cycle. Yes. I've spent four years in closing a sale. Well, you know, you said a couple of things, though. So, so that, that is one. I, I wouldn't say patience is, is per se the word. It's more of just really understanding your sales cycle. And any time you can shorten the sales cycle or improve the sales cycle, great. However, there are some that's just the process, right? The, the, the other thing is identifying what is it going to do for the person because that's where the emotional thing comes in. If yes. you can, you know, whenever you can make their pain go away, you know, so if somebody wants what it is you're selling, the only thing, and, and you really have a solution for them, the only th- and they have the money to do it, the only thing that stands in the way of them getting it from you is fear. And if you can remove the fear, they will buy. And now, yes. fear may be a word a lot of people can't relate to. It's like, well, what fear would they have? Well, they certainly have, you know, fear of how they're going to look, fear of they're going to, you know, there's all that sort of stuff. So just understanding the psychology of what motivates people, what will motivate people having that irresistible offer for them is, is critical for, any, for anyone, for anyone. Yeah, so and offer a killer product with 24-7 support, which is the only company in the industry that does that. Anytime mm-hmm. they call, there is a live person. They don't get an answering machine. Live person in operations. Our operations is um, extremely responsive. It's like Nordstrom. Wow. Uh, we, we, we actually buy them other companies' products if that will solve their problems. So, but the salesperson, I don't judge them by their, uh, their revenue creation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I cannot control when the purchase order comes. I can only control the activities in the funnel, sales funnel, mm-hmm. that lead to the uh, final purchase order. Wow. So because the sale takes so long. Uh, yeah. The average sales cycle is about 12 to 18 months. Mm-hmm. So which makes us more scientific. It's not a direct, mm-hmm. uh, immediate purchase. So it's a slow process that takes us down. Well, so there's so many things that you're working on. What are you most excited about? I am uh, excited about learning um, and creating value. Mm -hmm. So when I say I cannot create value until I learn, so um, uh, I am the happiest when I learn. I become a better version of myself. There's a lot of internal work I do as a person. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm excited when I learn things and I find out things about myself that I can be a better person a better person, a better, better version of myself. And I'm very excited when I can translate some of these thoughts that I have into value for those around me. Right. Um, when, I, when I go to bed, I, am, I, I think and I'm very grateful 
for the number of people that have been permitted to touch and uh, the countless number of people that children, um, loved ones, parents that got home um, safe because, um, you know, I was uh, allowed to create something yeah. uh, and market and, uh, and deploy something that made a difference in people's lives. Now, it, feel, it feels good to know that what, what your entrepreneurial endeavors are doing are actually really helping the world. I mean, it's, it's, it's cool. It's cool. And uh, so I love that. Um, so me and uh, Dan Sullivan, we're gonna ha- there's going to be a special uh, episode with you on our podcast, 10xtalk.com, about uh, your company, uh, Business Instruments. And so we'll, we'll talk about that. I just want to kind of leave that as sort of a cliffhanger. So where do people go to learn more about your company and what you do? So all this stuff we've been talking about, I want people, to, if they're interested in it, to go kind of check it out. So where do they go and what's the best way to find out about what you're up to and what you're doing? I think I've decided to trademark the name Greenlight Jesus. But, <laughs> uh, so our, our website is rhythmtraffic.com. If you go there, you, again, it's rhythm, R-H-Y-T-H-M. I found from Google AdWords that that's the most misspelled uh, uh, word in the English language. So, of course, you would, <laughs> you would pick that as well. Yeah, I would pick that. <laughs> yeah. Rhythmtraffic.com um, or Google Reggie Chandra. So, um, yeah. It's uh, again, but that's morally a, a traffic engineering um, world. Mm-hmm. But that business instruments um, that we're going to talk about in the 10x that's what's going to change, we believe, the entrepreneurial landscape. Awesome, awesome. Well, cool. Well, Reggie, I'm glad you stopped by. We actually have a genius network meeting in the next two days, but I wanted to fit this one in in between meetings and so. Uh, Reggie Chandra, uh, Greenlight Jesus, you heard it here first, and just watch this company because I. Uh, do you think you'll be a billion dollar company? Absolutely, sir. Yeah, yeah, and it's not for the billion dollars, but with the mandate that is on my, the purpose that is on my life, I have to impact every traffic signal in the United States. Yeah, that's why I learned. That's why I go to work uh, because. If I can impact, if I can save this impact about say six million, seven million people uh, out of this. Well, first of all, everyone that drives or is being driven, which is probably everyone, it would be really that is great that they could get to where they want to go in half the time, and you know, thirty percent safer, whatever the the stat ends up being. So how, you know, if there was something to the listeners here that would be helpful for you getting this out into the world, what would it? What would be the request? If you could make a request of everyone watching this, share share this uh, interview with anyone that may need to hear it. If they know anyone in government, I mean, anything that would be helpful to you. Uh, w- one of the things is that if they were to write me, Reggie at rhythmtraffic.com, I'll send them my book, uh, Shades of Green. Perhaps I should bring it out to Genius Network, perhaps. Yeah, totally. Um, so if you email me, Reggie at rhythmtraffic.com, I'll send you my book, Shades of Green, no cost to you. Um, or you can, if you're a rich person, you can go buy it on Amazon.com too. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that, that shows you the importance of traffic signals and how it affects you and your family and what you can do to fix it. So the, the easiest thing is, the, so traffic signals are overlooked. Nobody right. cares about them, but that's the one thing that frustrates people the most, other than potholes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, potholes frustrate me as well. But very little money is being spent on this. Instead, we are putting solar panels that don't work on city halls, and uh, right. I, I don't want to talk about that, but because that, that technology isn't advanced enough. But I, I believe that, and, and, the, and then people are spending money, I mean, uh, even here locally, in enforcing speed laws using cameras, right. red light running, fix 
the green lights first before, uh, and again, it's a call to your, your congressman, your senator, your city council members saying, hey, let's fix our traffic lights. So if the citizens were to do that, um, it would happen. But would it directly impact me? Um, I'm not really. I mean, I tried grassroots. Uh, it, it would take a massive effort to get a grassroots movement going. Yeah, well, but still, I mean, I, I think it's really cool. And so I really like what you have. Any other famous last words before we wrap? Um, keep at it. Keep at it. Um, don't give up. Um, and if you're an entrepreneur, man, the, the passion, what is in you is what's going to change the world. Keep at it. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Joe. Thanks for listening to this episode of I Love Marketing. If you'd like to learn more about the Genius Network annual event, go to GeniusNetworkEvents.com. That's GeniusNetworkEvents.com. If you would like access to the full feature video presentation, the show notes, and the special resources for this episode, please visit ilovemarketing.com forward slash greenlight. That's ilovemarketing.com forward slash G-R-E-E-N-L-I-G-H-T. Mm-hmm.